Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? How you doing? Back at you. It's Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, professional wrestling fan, Brett McGrath. What's up, everyone? Hopefully, you all had a nice Christmas. I'm sure Christmas was a little unusual this year. It was a little unusual for me, but it was still awesome. I still made it happen, still got the chance to spend some time with the loved ones and just drink it all in, man. It was always a good day, a good day to celebrate, a good day to kick back and unwind. My dad's birthday's on Christmas Eve, which always makes things extra special. Got to spend time. And what we do, um, we live downtown and my parents live up on the north side. So we always get real nice and fat and have a nice dinner and kind of kick back. And my parents have a nice little guest bedroom for uh, my wife and I to stay. So we crash there overnight on Christmas and I wake up at my parents just like I did when I was a kid. So we continued that tradition, definitely opened up some gifts and had a good time. Unfortunately, my wife's side of the family, uh, one of my nephews had been exposed. So we're trying to keep it safe and uh, do that at a celebrate Christmas with them at a later date, but which meant more time than ever at home for myself and my wife. And and that was okay. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. It's not bad being in the friendly confines of the home arena when you've got a full slate of NBA and an NFL game. How about that? I felt like I was robbing someone with all that entertainment that we have. And I got to just shout out, man, Alvin Kamara, this guy, like I know a lot of the attention has been put on Derrick Henry this year in terms of the running back position, rightfully so. I mean, Henry is, you know, willing his way and putting the Titans on on his back at times and, you know, is gunning for that 2,000-yard season. But Kamara, like, this guy is just a human highlight film. Like Dominique Wilkins, every time the Saints are on primetime, I watch this guy, and he always seems to shine. And I know I was like you when he got his fifth touchdown my wife asked me, I go, she goes, well, what's the record? And, you know, I thought it was seven, but then I looked and saw it was Gail Sayers with six. So it was nice to see him um, get right there and make it happen. And that was a a fun game. Um, Saints are a hell of a team. They're a team. I think you got to be careful uh, if you're an NFC team playing them in the playoffs, just based on the experience and the coaching and all of that other stuff. And then the NBA, obviously just a ton of excitement. Unfortunately, it seemed to me that just a lot of just uneven matchups um, and it is what it is. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. But that was kind of a bummer. There was no big nail biters um, going on. It was fun to see um, the talent. I know just in my impression, and obviously the Warriors have had two primetime spots laid up two stinkers, but I think They've got something special in Wiseman. He seems like uh, a guy that is playing ahead of his time. He's got a lot of confidence. 
and I'm excited to see his progression. But this isn't necessarily a sports talk podcast, although I do like to talk sports a lot. I am just getting juiced up right now on some uh, rainbow unicorn bang. I'm bringing back the bang, bang plugs, and I'm doing it right now because it has been a full day of work for me. And as I was sitting here, I told my wife today, and this is Saturday. You know I record these on Saturday. I said, whatever you need, I'm doing it. I got to record my podcast, but all I want to do is be available today at 4, 4.30 so I can watch my man Kyler Murray play. We're cheering for you today, Kyler. Hopefully on the other side of this, when the, the people get the, the, uh, the, the podcast, you'll have come down with a victory and uh, march those Cardinals towards the playoffs. I am really excited for the Colts game and a little nervous at the same time. Both our tackles are out, um, which is never a good thing. So Hopefully we can keep keep that momentum and the defense can play strong. I know the Steelers are going to be hungry after uh, being on a skid, but man, what a great time to be alive. This is the best time to be alive with sports, in my opinion. You've got the NBA rolling. You've got the NFL and just these pivotal moments where each game matters and teams are vying for position and trying to will their way to the playoffs. This is what I'm talking about, baby. And the sports card market is booming. I got to tell you, it is crazy. And what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the crazy. We're going to talk about um, my year in the hobby and just some things I'm seeing and some just the evolution I'm, I've been having. And I, thanks so much for all the feedback regarding uh, the conversation I had with Kyle, my brother. That was a ton of fun. I'm going to be bringing him back on, I'm sure, as as we get into 2021. It's just nice to just debrief with him a little bit and just talk about when we started, what we were doing, and then where we're at now, and really the why behind it. So hopefully you pulled some nuggets away from that conversation that you can relate with. I think we all go through stages um, of being back in the hobby. I think I've talked about my stages. It was like, all right, this thing has got my attention because I'm connected to sports and people are talking about sports cards, so I'm going to jump in. And it was the phase of having absolutely no idea what I'm doing and realizing, wow, this costs a lot of money and I'm spending a ton of money. Then it was, and I never really looked at myself as like an invest bro. And I never started this podcast to be the invest bro content guy. That's not my game. However, that mentality of like the investing and capitalizing on opportunities was very attractive to me um, because it's just like, gambling and it's just like uh, trying to make money off your knowledge or the perceived knowledge you have on sports and how that relates with sports cards. So there was that turn for me. And then it was the turn of invest and collect. And as I started to connect with a lot of collectors and understand and learn their strategies, and this was my, my epiphany. The moment where I just knew the direction that I needed to head was me saying, you know what? maybe it is a good idea to listen to these guys. And although this market is new to everyone, their strategies might prevail in this market. And so then it's this turn now to where I'm at, where I'm highly focused on player collecting and not necessarily focusing in on everything, but focusing in on very specific players and figuring out how I can get the cards I want and in the moves that I need to make. I'm not saying I'm done with investing. I'm not. But what I'm saying is like my mindset and where I want to be in the hobby has certainly changed. And what makes me happy has certainly changed. 
And what I do know is that it all comes down to having passion about what you're doing in the hobby and where you're going. You got to wake up and you got to want it. It's got to be something that is deep inside of you and someone else isn't telling you what to do, but it's coming from you. You got to want to do that research, get lost in the sets, get lost in the pop reports, get lost in the hunt. You got to want to do the work. Those are the things that I know are winning ingredients, passion, research, and work. If you're about those things and that's what you want to do, don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about what other people are saying. Just you do you. And that's the thing that I found is the most important thing for me as I'm progressing in the hobby. And that's what I'm about and that's what I'm really excited about. I think this Kevin Durant stuff has just been bonkers. And it's not surprising. Nothing surprises me in the hobby anymore. Absolutely nothing. And it's going to continue. And I think we can get stuck like shooting each other messages and being like trying to point fingers and be like, oh, look at this or go look at that. Like whatever, like that like mainstream and I'm going to call it mainstream. It is mainstream activity. I don't like FM radio. I've talked about that. I don't like what they're force feeding me. No way. No, thanks. Not for me. I go like to do the work. I like to go find the music that I want to listen to. That stuff that everyone's talking about. Kevin Durant and people posting his cards and people going out and running. That's the mainstream activity. No thanks. Not for bread on stacking slabs. People can go have fun getting lost and make finding opportunities in that world. That's the game you want to play. Be my freaking guest. You got Gary V who's posting stuff and no knock on Gary V. Guy's passionate about sports cards. He's going to go post what he thinks is good or whatever. We've all got platforms. His is awfully big. And so it is the people that are following his every move and direction. How is that fun? That is, that sucks. That sucks to have, like, I think it's way more fun to be a trailblazer and fail trying to be a trailblazer than go listen to someone and be a sheep and follow what they're doing and then fall off a cliff like a lemming. That's what I'm talking about. So you know me, I've been preaching about my passion and my research around Seku. I'm, there's jury still out and I could fall off a cliff on that. At least that's my hill I'm going to die on. And that's what I'm talking about. There is so much Kevin Durant activity. Yeah, no shit. You guys not see Kevin Durant play like his whole career? And yeah, no shit. He's in New York, the biggest stage in all of sports. It's like, of course there's going to be attention on him. Like, duh, like, like, duh. Like if you really were about Kevin Durant, you should have been buying his cards two, six, a year ago after he got injured. Like, these are the things we need to know, we need to be talking about. And I'm not saying like people who went out and overpaid for Kevin Durant's rookie cards at this point are are wrong. Like, you know, what can happen? Like the Nets look really good and Kevin Durant could go uh, win a championship with the the Nets. That's, That's definitely possible. Like, especially after what we see. I mean, my goodness, like, Look at that team, and uh, it's uh, got to shout out uh, my man Greg, Pack Profits. He's going to be on the Hobby Hustle this week, and he's going to be on the Hobby Hustle because he is a good brother, and he's a guy I want to talk to, and we've built a connection, and so I want to share his story with all of you, and that's going to be a fun conversation. He's a Nets fan. I know he's excited, but like you've got like Allen and Levert off the bench. That, those guys were starters on a playoff team last year. This team is a contender, no doubt. All I'm saying is like, it is not good operating to listen to what a mainstream platform is saying about sports cards and then go running out and buying those sports cards. Don't be a sheep. 
Don't follow what everyone else is doing. You know what I like to say, everybody. Turn left when the market is going right. This rainbow unicorn is juicing me up, it sounds like, because I am ready to record this damn podcast. So much to talk about. But what I want to talk about off the top is just my mindset about being a recovering, yes, a recovering investor and what I've learned. And I'm not saying I'm done with investing. No, I, I do invest and I'll do it here and there. But what I'm saying is that it's this is a now thing. And this is what I got to come to grips with myself. I, of course, want to bet on futures. I, of course, want to have a collection and I want to make money and I want to enjoy the cards. But like my connection to the players that I'm buying and watching them play is something so pure and satisfying that I have, my, I have confidence in my collecting and I know that there are gonna, there's going to be opportunities through my collecting to sell off cards to move up the ladder and make a little cash. What I don't want to do, and this is this mindset that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but it's collecting and selling your PC guys to move up the ladder. I got to be honest with you. Like I didn't pay any attention to any Seku prices on anything forever. But then as I'm looking at my, uh, I talk, and I'm looking at it right now, what a beautiful card. This baby's going off the PSA this week. But I'm looking at my rookie ticket, cracked eye Seku card. Whoo, baby, this is a gem. I knew that since I'm limiting and not casting a wide net and I'm fishing with the spear right now, I knew that in order to get funds to help to help me acquire this card, some of the cards that I might need to sell might be some Seku cards. So what did I do? I pulled out my just whole collection of Seku cards, which is borderline absurd, like borderline absurd. And I said to myself, all right, what can I move out of this to help me get that card? And I had just a trove. I have a trove of Seku Silvers because an observation I made in the hobby early was this is the card you're going to want when people, when something takes off, you're going to want this card because it's the card that the market loves right now. So I have a ton of Seku PSA 10 Silvers, not touching those. But then I had a bunch of PSA 9 Seku Silvers. And I said, you know what? I feel okay that I can move these some of these nines right now if it's going to help get me closer to this contender's cracked ice rookie ticket. And that was part of the process. And so when you're working with a limited number of people that you're of players that you're buying, sometimes you need to sell some of the guys that some of the cards of the guys that you bought early on to help yourself move up the ladder. And that's something that I felt like I wanted to share because I haven't really heard many people talk about that. Like I am not in the game right now with, Seku to be like, I want all of his cards ever. No, I want his rare, scarce, cool cards. And that goes along the lines with every guy I'm collecting, but it be, there becomes moments in time when you realize that you need to move certain cards in that uh, PC in order to move up and get other ones. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's something really important to talk about. So like, for me, it's not about going out and trying to, trying to like, invest in all of these guys and have these base cards that I don't care about. Like that's boring to me. That's what the mainstream is doing. I'm not a mainstream guy. This is your hobby content alternative. You know that I'm a fringe guy. I, I, I like the underground. And so that's the type of mindset that I want to bring to the sports card market. And that's why you're listening to me. I hope, I hope it sounds a little bit different than some of the other guys. Um, but I think like at the end of the day, like the Measuring stick for me is make sure you like watching these guys. I said it last week. Make sure you like watching these guys. 
So here's like for me, it's like, you know, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. You know, I'm a diehard. I love the Colts. They're my squad. They're my team. So I've been pro Philip Rivers this whole time about him coming here just because I like the experience. I like the experience in this team. So I've talked about buying Rivers cards uh, in his Colts uniform and this and that. But now it's like, man, I who would and I told my wife this. I was like, who would have thunk it? Like I'm sitting here and like I I want to collect Philip Rivers cards because like of how happy I am right now with this team and how he is just like without him and no one in the no one in in the media is saying this and I'm gonna say it because I watch the games. I watch the games again. I watch the games in detail. The Colts off defense is unreal at every level. It's very good. It can make some noise. Their offensive line, although hurt this week, is very strong. Running game that's coming on. Receivers that are coming on now. But none of this happens without Phillip Rivers. And he is the most important piece of that team. And so with that mindset and that being said of me watching every game, it's like, damn it. Like, I believe, I believe in him. I believe in this team. So why don't I try to acquire some of his nice rookie cards? Because what happens if the Colts make a run or what happens if next year Rivers comes back? That's what I'm saying. And you're not married to these cards forever. You can move them. But I'd rather be moving pieces of guys of cards that I watch and believe in every day. Wouldn't you? Like, ask yourself, wouldn't you? Oh, boy. All right. So the NBA, um, it's just wild like we're seeing a roller coaster right we're, this is the market we're in the nba is bonkers man kyle guy not sure he played in his first outing or two and Taylor horton tucker 10 minutes or so 12 minutes or so in the two games that had played since i'm recording this episode to me like i don't want to call that out and say like oh haha point at everyone that's not what i want to do what i want to do is just say like Make sure that if you buy these guys, you're not doing it at a time where everyone else is, okay? So, like, last year at the bubble, like, before the Lakers hit the floor, THT got some run, and I got on Starstock, and I just bought a ton of his, like, mosaic cards on there for pennies. Well, I sold those cards when the hype happened, and, you know, I didn't make a killing, but, you know, I maybe bought the cards for maybe a buck a piece, and then I sold them for four or five bucks a piece. And so like that to me, like is a way better way to think about selling and investing in these guys before everyone else and doing it in a way that's not going to cost you hundreds of dollars. I'm not saying THT isn't going to be a good player. He certainly could. He's looked good, but the Lakers are a championship team. They are deep. They've, they've got, they've got their pieces in place and it will take time to see those gains realized with a player like THT. Look, listen, I'm doing it right now with Seku. Like I'm watching the Pistons games. I'm watching everything. I watched the first game. And with him, it's this guy is so special. He was so efficient. He was so efficient in the time he uh was on the floor. He grabbed in like 13 minutes. He think he I can't remember. It's like eight points or something, but he grabbed nine rebounds. He was highly efficient. And Blake Griffin was not at all, but Blake Griffin's going to eat those minutes up and he's going to, because, you know, he is the, the guy and Dwayne Casey's coaching for his job. Now stuff will get balanced out, right? But you got to be patient, like whether it's Blake Griffin gets traded, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but they, if, if Seku continues to be as efficient as he is with the minutes he's getting, he's going to find time on the floor. 
So I think for everyone with these guys, it's like, just be patient. Like, don't buy at the wrong time. It's okay to buy guys that aren't that are off the bench who are young, who you think have promise. I'm doing it. Just don't get screwed and buy when everyone else is. Don't follow the mainstream. I put a note out there that said the NBA has returned and early indicators suggest that we're in store for a wild ride in 2021. It's okay to make big bets. That's what make this makes this fun, but make sure they're backed by research and are guided by instinct. Self-discipline. Your f- self-discipline is your friend strap and that helps that like is my stamp of everything that I just said like make sure they're your picks and you're doing the research like the Trey Trey and Ja man that is just like madness right now but like those guys are good right like those guys are good like those are all-star type guys and like you know their cards you know have there was especially with Trey there was the the hype with him before the season, then they dipped a little bit, then he went out and had a big game and they shot up, Jaws shot up. And so like I think we are in a uh mode right now where these player performances are gonna drive the activity of the market. And there it is the day trading approach and the NBA is gonna amplify that. And if they're they're not suggesting you shouldn't do that, like a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are going to be successful and make money. But again, it's a risk. It's a gamble. You don't want to hold the potato at the wrong time. Like that's not what you want to do. Like you, you, it's like musical chairs. The music stops and you're, you know, sitting your ass on the floor. Like you just got to be careful. So for me, like not saying I won't be involved in that. Like most of my activity is in terms of selling is going to be cards that are sitting at PSA right now that I'm going to get back. And I'm going to hope that, well, if there's some of these young talents that hopefully they're playing well right now and I'm going to sell them, but I'm not going to sit and hold a bunch of cards that I don't care about. I'm likely going to be selling them because I want the money to go buy a bigger and better car, bigger, better card that I really want. Um, You know, I view collectors as being the heartbeat of the hobby. They are like, it's people that I brought on the show. People like Kevin, the uh, captain. Uh, people like Chris from House Jordans. People like Josh Cardboard Chronicles. Um, people like uh, Adam, uh, Real Tenor Twenty Seven guy. Like these tight Rodman PC. I mean, I could go on forever. Like I could go on forever about these guys. Their mentality is all about collecting the right cards, make a little money potentially, but just keep getting cards and. Ma- collecting and like having a strategy to acquire those cards. And I think that is such a fundamental piece of what makes this hobby move. I think the investing thing is like the HDH of the hobby. And I'm not necessarily it's a, saying it's a bad thing, but I think as a collector, if you got a collector's mindset, you have the opportunity to feed into this just crazy parabolic parabolic growth, parabolic activity that is happening from the investing community. I think my brother nailed it last week when he said, you know, we're all a part of this sports card hobby and investors are a part of it too. And so we can look as a community and say, because investors are a part of it too, there's got to be someone that wants to buy our cards. So let's all be kind and know that everyone has a different path and a different strategy when they're moving into the sports card market and we can all play together. I don't necessarily think that means that 
everyone should be consuming everyone's content and we all need to be lovey-dovey, big hobby friends and whatever. Like that doesn't necessarily need to happen and I'm not advocating for it, but I am saying like there needs to be some decency and courtesy when thinking about what people's intentions are because likely if so, if you think someone's goofy, which I think a lot of people and things are goofy at times, I need to take a step back because they're probably the ones that are going to buy my PSA slabs when they come back. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I think just, you know, closing this out, I think, I think back on the bubble, I think back on like TJ Warren and Gary Trent Jr. Like they're fine players, really good players, but their cards like were shot up in just a ridiculous percentage. And it's just like, I think back and I watch TJ Warren. It's like, what would have to happen if, for TJ Warren's cards to ever do that again? Well, you know, maybe consecutive 50 point performances, maybe an all-star game, who knows, but like, just don't bet on those things. That's highly unlikely. I think all of this could be considered gambling. We just need to protect ourselves. I think um, this is only going to beef up once prism comes out in March. Like we're not even started with it. Wait until the rookie cards start hitting, but everyone just make sure you don't overextend yourself, find your place. And at the end of the day, do what makes yeah happy. I I was thinking a lot about just the quick return game and like, not necessarily like the flipping, maybe it is flipping, but like quick return game. Like what are some things you can do to add some protection on yourself? I think like it is okay to ride the wave, but don't want to ride it before it comes crashing down. Like you don't want to be caught holding the bag of a player that you don't care about that that is not fun i've been there like you don't want to be there it's not fun you want to pay attention to like what the coach is saying read quotes read local media see how authentic hot stretches are in the nba for instance like a lot of with guys that might be hitting the floor and having their first good run like a lot of it is all about minutes. So you want to try to unpack and uncover if more minutes are in store for certain guys. Um, Make sure you study trends, study matchups, those tools, all those things are in place for you to do that. You got to know that Prism and Prism Silvers and Chrome and Chrome Refractors are the cards of when these players pop that people really, really want. So don't necessarily go, like, try to get, like, half in the game by buying some, like, low-grade card that, no one's going to really want when you're trying to sell them. Think about the milestones. Think about the milestones for a player when, you know, for their card prices to continue to elevate. Like I'm thinking about like John Morant, like who knows how, how high this rocket ship could go. I know Bill Simmons just said that he could be one of the, he is one of the best 15 players in the NBA right now. All right. Like, okay. I definitely could see that. Like kids amazing. I'm a fan of him. But like, you know, you think about, all right, like all-star performances, like getting in the playoffs and winning, like getting awards, like you won Rookie of the Year last year, like awards, championships, like, and then eventually, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years down the road, you think about Hall of Fame. So make sure you're thinking about milestones too, in terms of sustainability of price, because those milestones matter more than any other thing in the sports card market. You just want to make sure that the players, if you're spending thousands of dollars on a particular card, that they're set up in the future 
based on perceived milestones you might see. And so the card prices don't drop by 50, 75% when, when a guy, John Moran or somebody else is on a bad stretch. Something else I, I, I put out there last week was player collecting retired athletes is amazing because one card could lead you to a search box on YouTube to relive that moment. Player collecting current athletes is amazing because of the deeper connection between fan and performance. Cardboard is mighty. I thought this was important because, and the reason why I put it out there is because, you know, at the end of the day, like I am a, if you, if you ask me like, who are your squads? I'm a Pacers fan. I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Notre Dame fighting Irish fan. Those are my squads. Those are, that's what I'm about. I'm about those teams. They've represented me. They represent me. They've been, I've been fans of those teams for my whole life. And that doesn't change. And you don't just change teams. If you do that, you've, you've got a problem. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like people jumping ship on teams, this and that. Like, represent who you're from and who, who you're about. It doesn't necessarily need to be the team of the city you live in. For me, it, it is uh, um, for the most part. Um, but I think, like, player collecting can give you the juice you need to really uh, maybe cheat on your team a little bit. Maybe that's a harsh way to way to way to uh, think about it. But I think about just like right now as I'm recording this. Like I told my wife, like I got Kyler four. I'm watching Kyler, and she she talks about Kyler, and that's when I know I talk about him too much when she's asking me about him. But that's because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this kid, and it's so fun. It's a nice, it's a nice little, uh, nice little alternative to your squad. And it, I think like. Luckily, I'm fortunate and I'm in the position right now where, um, you know, although you can say what you want about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they they had a hell of a season. They're going to go up against Alabama. It's going to be a freaking impossible test, especially after the Clemson game. But, but, but they've had a successful season, nonetheless. The Colts, nonetheless, have had a successful season. The Pacers, obviously, jury's still out. But, you know, watching them in the first game, I just sat and we haven't had – that healthy starting five within uh, Brogdon, Oladipo, uh, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. We didn't have that all last year, and it's a damn good starting five. So chances are we're probably going to have a decent year. So like for me, I haven't had to have that avenue and escape out of having watching successful teams this year, which I'm thankful and fortunate of. But I think back to, um, you know, even last year with the Colts being seven and nine or the pre Andrew Luck years before when Peyton was hurt, when the Colts were putrid, it was like, man, I could have really used an alternative guy to be cheering for and distract me from this terrible team that I'm having to watch on a daily basis. Just a mindset to be thinking about. I haven't talked about grading a lot and I've got a lot of activity right now with PSA and it's just something I'm trying to do more of. I'm trying to send cards in. I'm looking at cards right now as I'm recording this and I've just got stacks of uh, card savers and I'm just trying to continue my submissions at a regular pace because I want to get these cards back throughout the year and I want to be in sales mode. I love selling. Selling's fun. Like um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoy the auctions. I, I really enjoy just the thrill of seeing where cards are going to go. I enjoy the process of getting those out, communicating with the buyers. That's fun to me. And it's even more fun to have money in your PayPal that you can go use to buy other cards. So like I've, my activity and action with PSA has been higher than ever. On the BGS side, 
you know, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but I will say that I've been waiting a very long time on my BGS sub. And at least I get an, an email back from my the rep over there telling me that, you know what, if you don't get them by the start of the year, like, let me know and I'll definitely give you an update. So I'm not recommending subbing with BGS except for one-off instances, no more bulk subbing, but at least I'm getting some communication back. So I know a lot of you out there are trying to find your lane with grading. You know, I, my recommendation to all of you would just be do it. Like go do it and try it and be patient. And because there's no better feeling than when you get those cards back and you get to decide what am I going to do with them. I have been just really enjoying uh, the new Instagram live show I've been having every week. And it, I would, two episodes in, it's called Coffin Cards. And really the premise is just to bring collectors on to talk about cards that they wouldn't be buried with um, and cards that, you know, they're not giving up. And I had two of my favorite guys this week, and I mentioned them before, but Chris and Kevin, go check out my page, go check out that conversation. It was a really awesome conversation about their cards that they wanted to um, talk about. Um, Kevin is a awesome Peyton and Tom Brady collector. He showed off some badass cards. And obviously, Chris is a huge Luca collector. Again, showed off some badass cards. Keep an eye on my page. I'm going to be continuing to promote and do that and bring collectors in the hobby. My Instagram account of the week is not of the week. This, this time, since we are wrapping it up 2020, putting a bullet in 2020 here, I'm going to do an Instagram account of the year. And I felt like as I was preparing for this that it is deserved. I feel like anyone who hears the this account's name will agree. Um, this account makes me feel something different than any other account in the hobby. Um, and this account, to me, I think is one of the most important accounts that we have. So I am going to first say thank you to my man, Christian, um, for all you've done, all you've done throughout this very difficult year in life. Um, and everyone has tried to distract themselves with sports cards more than ever. And what you've done with your page this year has been nothing short of remarkable. And I just want to shout you out and say you are the Stacking Slabs Instagram account of the year, my man, Lameem James. Why Lameem? For all the reasons I just said and what he brings to the hobby. When he went on vacation, you, me, everyone else was like, is Lameem okay? And it wasn't, is Lamim okay? It was, man, I'm fiending. I need some more of his posts because they make me happy. And that is a powerful brand. And Lamim uh, has something very special going on. And I just want to send some gratitude his way and just say thank you for everything you're doing, buddy. We cannot wait for 2021. Here's a post I put out there that got some attention. Um, I put a post out there that said, ton of energy is directed towards people that piss us off in the hobby. Scammers, unsolicited sellers and breakers, bait and swish content creators, bad. If you're a scammer, bad. Unsolicited sellers or breaker, bad. Bait and switch content creators, get out of here. What, what if we refocus some of that energy on promoting 
authentic members, positivity can be important. For me, I think authentic creators are what make the hobby roll. Everyone who leads with um, educating. And that's what I hope you look at my page, you look at what I'm saying on this show, and you're like, this guy's here to help. And that's what I want to say is there's so much positive energy coming that a lot of the time we get distracted by um, some of the bad actors. And like, I know I might have used some words on that post that got some people thinking, well, like, we shouldn't let these people off the hook that are scamming people, blah, blah, blah. You're right. We don't, we shouldn't. If if they're doing something wrong, say something. But what I am saying is that a lot of the noise might be canceled out a little bit if more people are talking about the good that is happening in the hobby and the positive things that are happening in the hobby. Um, my expectations are very high when it comes to just authentic content creators because I value my time. It should be for the same for everyone. Like, thank you for spending some time listening to me. But like, if you're not authentic, and I know my brother mentioned authenticity. If you're not, if if you're pay, if you're paying attention to someone regularly, and you you don't you're not sure that he's authentic or not, or her, you probably shouldn't be uh, following their page. So I think that's something that's important. Like, let's in 2021, let's do a better job of just shouting out, uh, reposting whatever's happening with people that are doing good in the hobby. The more positive energy, the better. You know we need that. On the wrestling side, I got to shout out my one of my best friends, man. He got me an awesome gift. I've been sitting here, and you know I'm a big AEW fan. There's no AEW on demand. There's no AEW network yet. And I've been thinking, man, I want to relive some of these moments so far. I want to watch like Cody versus uh, Dustin and brother versus brother, blood everywhere match. I want to watch that match from Double or Nothing. And my man hooked it up. Uh, one of my best friends got me for Christmas the entire AEW Blu-ray set. <laughs> I've just been a degenerate whenever I got time watching some old AEW pay-per-views over the last two years. Man, that product has changed and they've done so many improvements and just, it's fun. But like that is something that I've been spending my time on during when I've got some free time. I'm excited as this drops for NXT tonight. I'm excited for Finn, uh, New Year's Evil, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. The buildup and the package based on their last matchup is going to be fantastic. Two of the best workers we got in the business going at it. That is going to be just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that one. I am fired up. And another thing, if you got a WWE Network, man, talk about nostalgia. I have been just sucked into old superstars shows from like 1994 and it's been really fun just watching that roster at that time and seeing some really weird stuff it was like pre-new generation and like post-golden era like really strange period of the company like Hogan was out after Wrestle, you know after you know his Wrestlemania 9 and Yoko taking the title from him going to WCW, they're trying to put like the rocket ship on Lex with Lex Express, Lex Luger. Just a weird time. <laughs> I've been having a blast watching it. Um, all right, so who man, we're rounding it out, and I I'm gonna get to uh, some closing statements. But before I do that, we got a let it rip submit mission from Reckless Cards. This comes from Re- the Reckless Cards account, which is a uh, husband and wife duo. Jeremy and Courtney, this is really, really good perspective. So without further ado, let it rip. 
Hey, my name's Courtney, and I'm one half of Reckless Cards, my husband Jeremy being the other half. Usually I wouldn't say my Insta, but it's pertinent to my take. We buy and sell a lot of cards. We've been sort of navigating different platforms to see which one we like the best. The other day, Jeremy suggested that I start pushing more sales through Facebook because one of our friends was having a lot of success there. Jeremy doesn't have a Facebook, so I'd have to be the one who handles it solo. I laughed at him. I said 90% of the time when I speak to people on Insta or through Discord, it's assumed I'm a man. I get called bro, dude, brother, because they only see our logo. It's fine. I just roll with it. Who cares? However, on Facebook, I can't join a lot of the buy, sell, trade groups as reckless cards. I have to join as me, Courtney. I personally have less than seller luck on platforms where it's obvious that I'm not a guy. I know this isn't a popular take, but there is so, so, so much sexism in this hobby. I don't always think it comes from a negative place. Often it feels more like condescension. I couldn't possibly have my cards priced correctly because I'm a woman and I don't understand sports or the intricacies of how any of this works. This isn't something that makes me aggressively angry, and I'm not saying any of this to harp, but it's the truth. This is a male-dominated hobby, and it's difficult for women to break into it and be taken seriously. I'd love to hear and see more women doing what I do. I'd love to hear more men discussing their dealings with women in this hobby. It's frustrating for me when I'm scrolling through Instagram with my daughter, and the women in posts are simply naked props to sell cards, or there are Ronda Rousey cards with the patches set up to look like in her ass was written on it. I follow a lot of women who are into this as much as I am, and I'd love to see more women involved. There are so many men that I have worked with who are awesome and treat me as an equal, and I love to see it. I'd like to see more of it because no matter what anybody's opinion of me is, I'm going to continue to sell them bull bulls and Darius Baisley's while I stack my slabs and chase my grail. I love just the bull bull and Darius Baisley uh, line to stack the slabs to close it out, but I just want to thank Courtney. Um, I think this is this is what this show is all about. It's the show is about giving a platform to bigger issues in the hobby, and I couldn't agree more. And I got to be honest with you, like I that's something I think about a lot when I'm interacting with people in just making sure, like if I say bro or man, being like, oh man, like this could be a, a female, like. And so I've tried to be more mindful and tried to be better about that. And that's another thing. It's like, I would love to chat and connect with more females in the hobby. And I definitely, as my platform and page have grown, I've definitely have seen uh, more females and interact with them. But like, let's be real, everybody. If you're interacting with a female in the hobby, treat them like you treat anyone else. Like, let's be freaking real. Like, look, okay. So here's, here's some perspective for you. Like, here's a name, Becky Hammond. Okay. Assistant coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Here's another name, Sarah Fuller, Vanderbilt kicker, Jennifer King, Washington football team, Kaylee Brownson, Brown's chief of staff. Like this, this is not stopping like girl power. Girls are getting positions in sports because of their knowledge and because of their passion and because of their expertise and skills. Like there's going to be more females than ever that are going to continue to enter our hobby. And that is a damn good thing. Like we need diversity. We really, really do. So make sure I want to just thank you, Courtney, for sharing your personal experience. I want to thank you so much. I think it's really important, but just hopefully everyone out there, when you're interacting and you're making exchanges in the hobby, be mindful of that because it's, it's really important and we just need to all treat each other. Well, thank you so much. If you got a let it rip um, 
send it to me, stackingslabs at gmail.com. This was a damn good one. So bring it. If you're going to do it, bring it. And I'll put it on the show next week. By the way, like all the social channels, you already know. Follow me, Stacking Slabs. You know where I'm at. All right, we got some mail here. Mail from Big Mr. Al. Would you rather have a thousand $1 cards or one $1,000 card? One $1,000 card, without question. Consolidation, baby. I just think less to worry about, more to focus on. Um, it's just, I like rare, scarce important, easy question. That's been an evolution for me. Card porn. What up, card porn? Has a card market truly become day-to-day fluctuating stock market exchange? On the NBA side, yes. Not saying that, look at vintage, look at everything else that's happening. Look at like rare and scarce cards. Like those are still, like those are what I'm looking at and I'm not paying attention to the mainstream stuff. But like the mainstream stuff is like the fluctuating stock stock market exchange so it's like you can play in that game or you cannot play in the game it's kind of like deciding like do you want to play DraftKings today or do you not want to play DraftKings? like it's all gambling so like i do think a big portion of the hobby is moving that way it's moving that way because you've got content creators that are talking about that you've got people that are operating like that and but it's not everything like don't lose sight over that there's so much else going on that's just what is the most apparent right now and getting everyone's attention because it is the most extreme. Um, Adam, the real 27 guy said, Tim Duncan holding his cards. Did you see that picture? I did see the picture and I saw it on Instagram and I wasn't sure what it was. I didn't know if it was um, um, at the time. I didn't know if it was like someone like Photoshopping something, but it sounds like if it's coming from you, it's probably a real thing. You know, my perspective on it is like more athletes with, cards especially like a guy like tim duncan like that's awesome like i would love to see more of that i think the more athletes that get involved in showing interest in sports cards better for everybody um nz underscore sports cards thoughts on space jam cards you know they're probably gonna go up in price but i don't care uh melon baller fc how is everyone approaching taxes ah Good question. I, my father is an accountant by trade. I'm a retired accountant, accountant, so I rely on all of him. I my recommendation would be go to a tax professional in order to figure out how to best track your taxes. Rave collect. What is your long term and end goal in the hobby? Be happy. Meet people. Be happy and have cool cards. Card hunter ninety six. Durant Warriors cards rising or just nets? I think you know if attention. Then if they keep playing like they're playing, I think all of his cards are going to go up. And I would say Warriors cards for sure. He won a championship there. So uh, pay attention to that. If you see opportunities there right now, like might be a good time to to look at that. Uh, Drake Sports Card PC, grade or numbering, grade or numbering, creating scarcity, which is more important. Obviously, I think it's the cards, not the grade. Um, I do look at the grades, but you can just look at, look at an iconic set like PMG, like, the scarcity of those cards and their aesthetics are what drive it. And like you see the high end collectors all the time, like just getting them slabbed and authenticated, the grade doesn't really matter. So I'm always a card over grade guy. Um, and then yes, he also asked about overreactions in the NBA market. Yes, those are going to continue. That's just what's going to happen. And this is a theme of the show. So like play the game if you want, don't play the game if you don't. If you find an opportunity, take it. If you don't, it's just all about what what you have an appetite for. Finally, Chris Littman, uh, grading questions about delays and increasing costs and grading and what to do. My recommendation, like I said before, is just get in the game, like be patient and 
figure out what your plan is with grading. I think inevitably, like I am a slab guy, right? This is stacking slabs. So grading will always be a part of my arsenal and just figure out what you have an appetite for just in then, then go from there. But again, just make sure it fits within your budget or it's uh, within your, uh, within what makes you happy. All right. We're closing it out with this. Just because we all have cards doesn't mean our market interests are the same. We like sports, but we might not be interested in all types. Same with music. The content companies and technology that will win will be focused on specific interests of its user. I am as what I do professionally, I'm highly focused on end-to-end customer experience and end-to-end personalization along the way. And I think there's so much area of opportunity for innovation and uh, content delivery in this hobby based on the things that we're interested in. I am very passionate about this. I built my career on it. And right now it's like nails on a chalkboard when I see mass media batch and blast. I'm trying to get every subscriber. I'm trying to talk to everyone. I've talked about this. You can't sit and sit, act like you're standing in the uh, 50 yard line at Notre Dame stadium and go get on a microphone and say something. And it's good. The message is going to resonate to everyone in the stadium. That's not how it works. It's one-to-one it's personalized. And I think we need to really start thinking about communities and the communities that you want to be a part of and that align with your interests. Everybody collects cards or invests in cards, but everyone's interests are different. And so the more that you can be a part of communities online that align with your interests, the better off and the more fun you're going to have in the hobby and the more friends you're going to make. And that's what I'm about. And I think that is super powerful. And that's something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. Everyone It's 2021 coming up on the other side of this. It's going to be awesome. There's so much in store for Stacking Slabs. Thank you so much for all of your support this year. I really mean that. Like This has been a wild freaking ride and so much fun. Taking this platform from nothing to something, and it's all because of you. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And you know what? I'll talk to you real soon.